So this one we didn't see. Uh, the first scene is an entirely new opening. The Warner Brothers logo transitions to a white cloak sinking in the water and then to a piece of ash that Credence escaped in at the end of the first movie. Uh, notably, after Credence is reborn, he discovers his adoption papers leading him to scream. This is in contrast to what ended up being the opening in the final cut, Grindelwald's escape from prison. Reborn from the ashes, Credence is going to be Fox. No! Deep in London's beating heart lies a wall A locked door it be If you know the call For if the wall steps aside Be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world is opened up As has the Griffin's dream <laughs> No! Don't do this to me! I did it. Oh, God. You're right. That's why the... God, everyone's going like, Oh, that... that that phoenix at the end is 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 fox no you're right he's mm. gonna be fox yep. he's gonna turn into a bird yeah he's gonna be <laughs> fuck <laughs> i'm sorry to, to to uh deliver this horrible fuck. horrible prophecy to you i just had i just had like a trelawney style prophecy he's carrying he's carrying such a heavy emotional weight i, kn- I know i know and then when he becomes a bird, he can carry a physical weight. Yeah. Fuck. God damn it. You're, uh, you're I right. Ju- I just deliver the future. You can't be mad at me. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're just 100% right. It's like, you know, people are mad. People are like, Nagini's a human woman. We hate that. And it's like, well, <sighs> yeah, but uh, Fox is a human boy. <laughs> Oh no, it's true. It's going to happen. <laughs> I have one more thing for you. And right. it's kind of less to, less of a Reddit burning question about Harry Potter. Okay. And it's more about Reddit as a whole. And I feel like we Hell you yeah. know we we've uh we've done a lot of Reddit content on on this podcast. So I felt like this, you know, maybe we're not qualified to answer this question, uh, but I feel like we're pretty familiar with the mm, Harry Potter yeah, subreddit. I think so. Um, but first, I have to tell a story. Okay. A, a small, a small Reddit story, and it is about um, this user on Reddit. God hates Hufflepuffs. Um, <laughs> Holy and, shit! Good name. And uh, a year ago, you know, before before we hit record on this this here podcast um, uh, today, I sent you a video, and I said, "Please watch this video." Oh no! And in the video, it was a raspberry pie that had been uh turned into like had been constructed around to create a pensive uh sort of display that then would play a slideshow of photos for a couple and the idea was is the pensive was like to help a proposal a marriage Mm, proposal mm -hmm. and god hates hufflepuffs posted that on the harry potter subreddit uh and here is the second part of that post, which is this post, which was slightly after they posted that. And here is the subject line. There's no body of the post. The entire post is written in the subject line. Oh, no. Can, some, can someone explain what posts have a happy Reddit life and which ones die into internet abyss? I made pensive for a proposal from scratch and got like six views. I figured that would be... <laughs> I figured that would be Harry Potter sub candy. I'm equal parts salty and interested on what gets upvoted for here. Someone affirm me. Oh my God. This is not, okay. I, I had so many things running through my head when you were telling me that this was related to the, the pensive proposal <laughs> post. Uh, and I, I could not have predicted this one. Oh my God. Yeah, it, it could have been a lot juicier. Like it could have been like something like fell through with the relationship. Right, was I was, I was expecting post. like, but no. Yeah. this is a post about posting. <laughs> the meta, a good meta post. Um, okay, just, just so we we've named the video. You can go see it to 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 enhance this discussion. Um, first of all, I would suggest. Uh, not making the video sound like it was recorded <laughs> inside of a wind tunnel. Mm. Um, I would check to see 
whether or not there was a horrible popping sound that also played throughout the video entirely. Um, I would, I would think that, you know, like proposal posts are maybe my least favorite thing on the internet, but I understand some people really like them. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like you could maybe provide a little bit more context for it rather than just you, uh, making a video at like 240p of this uh raspberry pi thing you made and also when i am displaying a thing that looks like a bowl that has water in it (laughs) on the internet i would do my utmost to not do anything in the video that made it look and sound like i was just taking a piss into it which happens several times in this video the pov Uh, piss shot for sure does not help Right, like like the camera is being held at like crotch height, and I like they're pouring the water into it to like activate the screen or whatever that they've put underneath the water. But it really just sounds like piss hitting a toilet, and it happens multiple times throughout the video. <laughs> I I really enjoyed this. Um, I didn't know you were such a post consultant. Yeah, you're you're a real uh, soda taste tester. Um, I believe, in fact, I'm positive that I still have a uh, Pepsi Fire in the back of my fridge. <laughs> yes, uh, that is true. And I believe that's yours. I, I think that has your name on it. Yes, uh, I, I did bring a Pepsi Fire over to your house, uh, and and it is still there. I doubt that that is edible anymore. I mean, more any more edible than it was when it was in date, but. That's probably past its prime now, I'm sure. Sure. Pepsi- I mean, I, I think that fire whiskey is actually Pepsi fire mixed with fireball. I think that's true. I think that's canon. <laughs> well, maybe when we get to the next Harry Potter movie, we can we can pull that out of the back of your fridge and we make can some put cocktails. Some, yeah. Yeah. Make make some we'll put some fireball in there and we'll make some 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 canon drinks. But here we go. I'm swirling this around like a sommelier, and I'm going to take a sip of this orange vanilla. You know what? That ain't bad. Um, I'm kind of surprised how not bad that is. I thought this was going to be a funny joke for the podcast because it sounded disgusting. But you know what? That's fine. I like it. I would say I'm... I think orange vanilla could really go either way. Like it definitely could be disgusting, but it could be quite good. Um, is it at all like a creamsicle? It does sort of taste like someone poured like a Coca-Cola into uh, an orange float or something. It's mm. kind of got that like Henry Weinhardt's orange soda feel. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Okay. Well, I thought that was going to be much more of a disaster than it was, but now I'm just kind of stuck here drinking kind of a pretty good beverage while we record our podcast, which I guess yeah. that's not, that's not the worst thing to have. You know, I, I know you had your, um, mysterious audio issue, um, mm-hmm. before when I, when I kind of dunked on you, uh, but I'm getting another opportunity here because I'm going to say that I don't really trust your soda taste testing considering you brought a Pepsi fire to my house. <laughs> Look, I I just really like cinnamon, okay? I think that cinnamon is is a great spice and you really can't go wrong putting cinnamon in stuff. I love cinnamon. The Pepsi Fire is foul. <laughs> well, here's foul. the problem and here's here's my theory about that. And I and I and I will not disagree with you at least from this perspective is that Pepsi sucks. The, the, the problem is not the Pepsi. I'm sorry. It's just not. And I don't and I don't dislike cinnamon. I I used to smoke cigarettes and one of the ways that I quit was to like chew on cinnamon sticks. Oh, that so sounds I am, great. I, I am not against cinnamon. I love cinnamon. I do not like Pepsi, but I think that like, look, out of all of the Pepsi that exists, I would rather drink a fire than most other kinds, except maybe if they brought back Pepsi Blue. That would be kind of nice. Because we're not sponsored by Coca-Cola, I think that we should give um, the Coca-Cola uh, orange vanilla kind of like a, a, a pseudonym, like a Harry Potter uh, pseudonym kind of name. Oh, it, I, like, do yeah. You think that, do you think that there's like a good, like if you bought that uh, at I, Honey Dukes, like what <laughs> uh-huh. would it be called, do you think? Mm, that's a good question. We've got like... What are the beverage names? We really only have butterbeer, don't we? 
And this is not beer, fire whiskey. We've got um, giggle juice from pepper up potion. Yeah. Is that, and that's not really a drink. Um, (laughs) I just, I just thought like borange beer, but that doesn't really make make any sense. Uh, Borange beer is when you, when you uh, mix it into a cocktail. That's right. You, when you, when you, when you mix a butter beer and a Coca-Cola orange vanilla, that's a borange beer. beer. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I would really like to talk about Fred and George knocking their sister down several flights of stairs. Several flights of stairs. Uh, what's up with that? Is she okay? What happened? Uh, and why is she okay with it? Because she's she's the cool girl. It's no big deal. Just one of the, just one of the boys. She's just one of the boys. She's rough and tumble. She can get knocked down the flight she of can stairs. Knock, she can get knocked down multiple multiple flights of stairs. Molly Weasley says something along the lines of, "She could have gotten hurt. I don't know how she didn't get hurt. I feel like she <laughs> right, could have. I, I, I feel like she could she have died." died. <laughs> But yeah, the bogart. It's, cool. it's no big could, deal. Yeah, the bogart could have been showing Molly something that was about to really. No, happen yeah, the, the bogart was showing her her kids getting you know brutally murdered by Voldemort. Uh, little did Molly know that Ginny was going to be knocked down several flights of stairs and killed by her own brothers. <laughs> Why? Oh God, they're 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 incorrigible. Those, uh, those Weasley just, boys. It's just a um, ep- epic put, push your sister down the stairs prank. Gone for their, wrong. For their, for their YouTube channel. Gone wrong. She died. <laughs> Breaking to us. <laughs> so I guess there was a Bruce Springsteen song that was made for the first Harry Potter movie that got scrapped. I, I want to know how we missed this. Yeah. Like, we like how if... <laughs> I'm still like a little in shock that this exists, right? Um, and I don't understand how we Harry Potter scholars who have who I, I'm not saying we've seen everything, right? But I can't believe this doesn't get posted more, right? I'm I'm surprised this isn't on the same level of of like here's my photo of Hogwarts at Universal on the Reddit, like like DAE Bruce Springsteen uh, wrote a song for Harry Potter. So it, it was is, written for Harry Potter. It was Potter. written for the movie. It, you will hear. I listened ahead to some of the lyrics. Uh, uh, you this this is for Harry Potter. Bruce Springsteen says ghosts and goblins at one point in this in this song. Mm, I don't know if that's that much evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm just saying, according to this news article, the ballad was passed on due to a stipulation J.K. Rowling had in the contract that no commercial songs could be used in the film. Gosh, she's so weird. Yeah, that, you'd think that would be a big get. Uh, and she won Franz Ferdinand for the later movies, so, you know, what's the Maybe what's she the just deal? doesn't like Bruce Springsteen. I mean... I guess I'm treading I'm treading on, on on shaky ground here, I'm sure. I know, I know Bruce Springsteen's very popular, but I'm kind of with her on this one. <laughs> I... I am, I will say, I have no opinions about Bruce Springsteen going I, into this. I yeah. have, I have zero, like sure. a totally, totally neutral. But then again, I also can't think of a single Bruce Springsteen song. Born in the USA. Oh. Born to I'm run. still, I'm he still He has a lot of zero. songs about being born. Good uh, for him. Uh, Nebraska. Those are some songs I know. Okay. Uh, but I think I, so for the benefit of the audience, I will pipe this in, in posts so that, so you can hear our, us, what we're reacting to, but I have a video of the song queued up here. Uh, and I would just like us to soak this in a little sure, bit and, sure. and, and give our opinions on this. It is a five and a half minute song, so oh, we will geez. not listen to the whole he thing. Did, he didn't. He didn't phone it in, did he? No, he really. Because like you, you can really get away with like three minutes for a song, <laughs> and that's that's two more no, minutes. He really went for it. Um, so I'm going to count us down, and we're going to to give our our live reactions to this uh, beautiful Bruce Springsteen ballad for Harry Potter. And yeah, three, great. Two, one. I really like this video. I don't know if this is more of like an AMV sort of situation, though. I like the Harry Potter font that they chose for this. Oh no, the the Daily Motion video player is not very good. No, uh, it is quite low res right now. But you know, 
the, the emotion of the music is carrying it. Oh, here he is. Let me them for you. <laughs> I wish I could tell a story. Is this the tone? Really? Could you fucking imagine being in a movie theater after seeing Harry Potter and hearing this? Heroes of fight on at any cost. I love this. This is the jam. Love. I did I don't really have this mood while reading Harry Potter, but I'm into it. Also, for movie number one, also. Yeah. Uh, when I, would this have played? Just in the credits? Ah, uh, I would imagine during the credits, but what if what if this played like during the Mirror of Erised scene? Oh, <laughs> uh, that would have been really beautiful. What if Dumbledore had sang it? Oh, he's like he like put down the Birdie Bots flavored beans. He's like Harry. <laughs> I'll remember you always, Harry. Uh, this is uh, this is number five uh, of a hundred ways to kill Umbridge, and this week the option is lock her in a room with twenty bludgers. <laughs> that's Which, gruesome. That's gruesome. I have to admit, I kind of like this one. This one, this is at least an funny. imaginative. That one's pretty funny. Um, the comment is: Uh-oh. I had not seen the comment. There's one comment here. And I just, whew, this is from Flute Piano, and they mm-hmm. say, enchant them to beat the stuffing out of her, <laughs> Opa Dobby style. <laughs> I know that this, this, that this has been uh, a, a contentious topic uh, online. Mm. Um, for a while. I know we even talked about it in our, in our uh, bonus episode this week, um, but it's unavoidable and it's been uh, uh, kind of scooping up the Harry Potter discourse as well. Of, uh, you know, of course, as, as is want to do game of Thrones ended this, this, uh, this past week, the television sensation, the television sensation, the game of Thrones is over and everyone is rushing to have a take on it. Uh, That's wonderful. And yeah, we love takes here, but there is one brave website, one of our favorite websites, not our favorite website, but one of our favorite websites has has taken things to the logical conclusion. um, And I present to you maybe the um, the nadir of uh, of of Internet articles. Great. Seventeen. Game of Thrones and Harry Potter similarities that are so uncanny, they will have you questioning everything from Bustle.com. Questioning everything? Questioning everything. Just everything. Just, just, just everything, huh? Just everything. Harry Potter and Game of Thrones are some of the most standable universes of all time. <sighs> yep. Breathe in, in through the nose. That's true. That's true. Out through the mouth. I stan the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> that's right. We that's, we we that's stan like a the queen. whole universe. We, we stan that. <laughs> Garnering the kind of fandom that leads to a lot of cosplay, endless conventions. Are there Game of Thrones conventions? I, I assume that that's all done at like Comic Con, right? Yeah, like there must be like Game of Thrones panels and stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there are some like very charming uh, conventions that have been running since um, uh, the Game of Thrones books, you know, have been very popular before the show. Like I think that would be really cute. Like there are certainly yeah. like fantasy book conventions and sure. all of that. So I wonder if there's something like that that runs. I'm just thinking like a Game of Thrones convention just is a Ren fair, right? Like. Uh, endless conventions and a meal ticket for life for any main characters. That's a weird angle, but okay. <laughs> They're going to make a lot of money. I mean, sure, I guess. Uh, which, to be honest, is a genuine relief for any people in creative industries. What? What? This is such a bizarre angle. I'm we not. I'm not yeah. very worried about the, the Game of Thrones. Am are we talking about the actors? Yeah, or maybe the people working on the show, like like. 
hey, I don't I, even know if this is true. I'm kind of worried about Tom Felton still to this day. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, uh, oh, you can get a cameo from Jon Snow in a garbage in a garbage dump. Hello, it's me, <laughs> Jon Snow. Uh, but guys, apart from fandom and of course the redonk amount of money the casts of both have made, there are so many similarities between Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. Mm. Dare I go as far as to say that like Game of Thrones is a bit like Harry Potter after the watershed? Okay, maybe that is a stretch, but guys, there are a serious amount of themes, characters, and facts that the two share. <laughs> God, that's so true. There's so many themes, characters, and facts. facts. My three (laughs) favorite things. I'm always saying this. You know, someone's like, hey, do you like Harry Potter? And I'm like, yeah, I love it. I love the (laughs) themes and the characters. And don't even get me started on the facts. More and more people are saying that Harry (laughs) Potter contains a serious amount of themes, characters, and facts. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that one is a copy of the other. No way in hell. They are both wonderfully lit in their own special way. This article is going to kill me before we even get to number one. Both wonderfully lit. Game of Thrones is so fucking lit. Fox can teleport. That's news. Uh, That's uh, huge. We have news. We have news about Fox. He can teleport now. Um, which seems like it would have come in handy in Chamber of Secrets. He can teleport. Um, we got a rundown of all of his skills and abilities in book two. And I'm, I, I, so I have to assume that this is a new skill that he's learned in, in between, like what has Fox been up to in the last couple books? And he's been learning to teleport. Dumbledore got HM 25 and taught it. And he's like, finally, I can teach my Phoenix teleport uh and but like also like the logistics of what is happening is so funny because i i the implication is that he sent it to spy on umbridge right right Uh, yeah how does that work is is did the did the bird like (laughs) teleport into her room while she was sleeping and like bird is is by this chapter the size of a swan (laughs) just imagine waking up in the middle of the night there's just like a fucking like giant well there's bird bird. is in the room (laughs) just watching you and then it like squawks and teleports away that would be that'd be fucking terrifying like what what happens if she sees it it's a swan it's like what if it like waddles around and knocks over some of her cat plates like <laughs> Dumbledore, i saw i saw a, a giant bird in my in my room last night do you have anything to say about that no uh, <laughs> must have been the wind i don't know this is that, just, that this is some brilliant spy master stuff from dumbledore He's such a send my, send my send my giant uh, swan that's on fire uh, to do some reconnaissance. <laughs> yeah, like like it, it, you know it it, it didn't it, it wasn't like it blinked out of existence silently too. It says it like it, it, like <laughs> burst into flames, like just like <laughs> like like just just a bird appears in your room. Like, hello, anyone there? Whoop! Something on fire? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> I mean, let's, I mean, the logistics of all of this is really funny. Like, aside from the paintings, which are easily, like, probably the, the most clever thing here, and it's basically, like, glorified security cameras. So far, Dumbledore has teleported a swan into Umbridge's room uh, <laughs> to uh, make sure that she doesn't wake up. Um, and, all, and also, I'm pretty sure that... Arthur Weasley got attacked just like sitting in a chair outside of yeah, the apartment. What, Mystery what? is just just keeping watch. Yeah, what the fuck was the plan? Even if even if the snake had not attacked uh, uh, Arthur Weasley, what was the plan here? Do they just have someone? Is that is that the master plan of the Order of the Phoenix? Is like just stationing someone outside of the Department of Mysteries twenty four seven? Just just like what are there security guards there? Are there any fucking spells? Do any of these wizards know any spells? Maybe an alarm spell or like a Voldemort detection spell. Like what? <laughs> what is this? There's no tripwire spell. Like I'm just. Like, also, there's a running theme here of people like not noticing giant animals. How did Arthur not see us? Like like <laughs> no one in the ministry. Not like not even just Arthur. No one in the ministry like saw this giant. Because like what is Nagini? She's a boa constrictor, right? She's a I, yeah, she's a, like a, a large, large one. She's a big fucking snake. Uh, uh, with no one like okay, we know there's security checkpoints. We you we know that there is a phone that you have to uh, uh, <laughs> type. Did the snake just just the 
imagining you've seen that video of the snake opening the door right or like that yes. lady's like good job uh, and, <laughs> and the snake like hits the ground i'm just imagining nagini like coiling around this uh this phone booth trying desperately to like bang her head into the into the right numbers to get down the elevator then slither <laughs> past security I, like maybe they're reading the newspaper and they just don't see the snake uh yeah you know no one there's no there's no security in the government office i guess no no security camera spells no paintings that could uh could see no nope. snake and then arthur does not hear or see this gigantic snake or maybe he was just like oh i guess that's <laughs> he, I, okay i guess they did say i guess they did say that um they were using uh, uh owls for memos up until right. like, a few years ago maybe he's like oh here's the security snake is here just, make, <laughs> just making the rounds is no one that works at the ministry wondering why the guy that like works on like met like muggle artifacts in a broom closet is just like sitting in a lawn chair in front of the department of mysteries <laughs> right. overnight right like to fuck it like like imagine if like the janitor was just like like oh I'm 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 hanging outside the CIA uh, uh, top secret uh, uh, drone <laughs> drone room I'm just hanging out here uh, just doing just figured I'd pitch in some extra hours boss defending defending the defending the nation you know what if uh, <laughs> this is maybe skipping ahead a little bit kind of cheating um, uh, because this is primarily discussing content related to the Deathly Hallows. But it's sort of been a running gag uh, in our like behind the scenes discussions about the show for a long time. And I'm mm-hmm. very excited to get into it. What do you remember about the Deathly Hallows movie? Did you, you saw the first I, one, right? I saw part one. And obviously I am overtaken um, mostly by tears at Dobby's untimely demise right there at the <laughs> end. And, and it was at that moment where I said, I will... I will not continue watching. I will not watch Deathly Hallows Part 2. If Dobby is not going to be there, I'm not interested. <laughs> a very a very fair assessment. Um, uh, and you're not missing much. You have to take movie. a stand. Yeah, absolutely. You have to stand up for your principles. And and it was a tough choice to make. Um, and, you know, I, I had to kind of follow my heart on that one. Um, but the, the thing that really was tough is that, like, I was like, wow, Deathly Hallows Part 1. What great acting. I'm I'm a big big fan, <laughs> you know. It's just like I'm such a you know. I love the theater, and there's nothing that um can move your heart quite like a good acting performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, uh, Daniel Radcliffe had to act against a tennis ball or whatever to film that Dobby scene. I think he does <laughs> sure. a good job. Yeah. But uh, there's another scene in the Deathly Hallows that uh, has caught the attention of um. Uh, uh, connoisseurs of, of the theater <laughs> like uh, us like us and and, and the good people of, of reddit and other websites i am talking of course about the uh uh the bellatrix lestrange <laughs> and hermione granger torture scene right yeah um, what what a stunning a brilliant display of of acting um i assume that it won awards um best actresses ever award right well, well, you see, that's that's the that's the injustice. That's the core injustice of this. Oh. Um, is that according to I I don't know whether this is true. Uh, like you know, if this is from like the commentaries on the DVDs or something, or if this is just absolute horseshit. But it is a very common claim uh, in, in the fandom that uh, there is a much longer cut of this scene in, in a version of the movie that was screened for critics or uh, excuse me, not for critics, but for um, you know, like the ratings board and then like test screenings and stuff that was uh, much longer and even more uh, intense. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't remember or have not seen the movie, uh, what this torture scene amounts to is uh is is Helena Bonham Carter uh, pinning Emma Watson against the wall and getting up in her face uh, and saying, we're going to have a talk girl to girl. Uh, and then we cut away from that. We hear some screaming and then we cut back to her kind of like pinning Hermione to the floor. <laughs> like, 
uh, uh, like very um, not. <laughs> I was about to say it's like uh, uh, very, very uh, uh, threateningly, but actually, I don't know if it looks all that threatening. It's, really, it's um, I, I mean, it really goes to show how good the acting is because it's just, <laughs> it's very um, intimate. It, ha- yes. it it has the viewer having a sort of awakening about how good <laughs> acting can be that yes. maybe you wouldn't have known uh, before watching that. Yes, so this has sort of become. Uh, a fandom slash reddit apocrypha uh, that there is a that there is an extended cut of this very well acted scene uh, mm-hmm. between these two actresses mm-hmm. uh, that's just really intense and uh, and and people want want to know sh- would surely be rated R if it were in the theater for yeah. the sheer intensity <laughs> of the situation. <laughs> I'm just going to read some posts. Uh, this one is called Request Interviews Behind the Scenes Regarding Hermione slash Bellatrix. I've been looking for comments from Emma and Helena about the scene in DH1 where Bellatrix is torturing Hermione. I personally found it beautifully played, but have mm. been wondering how the actresses felt about it or any comments they had on it. I haven't been able to find anything as of yet. I figured you all could give me a hand if you're not busy. Smiley face. Thanks in advance. Yeah, because it's like, you know, you watch two actresses and they're giving us like the greatest um, acting performance of their life. But you want to know, it's like, you know how that feels as a viewer, but like, how did it feel for them yeah. to be to do such good acting? <laughs> there's a, there's one comment on this post. Not sure where to find it, but I read slash heard somewhere that the scene was so intense to film that hell. <laughs> The, uh, Helena went to speak to Emma straight after they finished the scene to check that they were still okay with each other. Mm. This is a running theme uh, in in these. There's another post here. Does anyone know where to find the cut scenes from when Bellatrix tortured Hermione? Uh, someone links to the YouTube version of the normal scene. The OP replies, thanks, but I think there were scenes that were cut to avoid it being rated R. Any idea if that's correct? Uh, and uh, someone replies, "Yeah, they filmed a ton more between Emma and Helena, but I don't think it'll be ever be released." To which the OP says, "That's a damn shame." And I agree. What a damn shame! Uh, well, yeah, because you just want to see more of that really good acting. I, I think that a really funny part of this, um, other than the love of love of the stage, um, is that everyone acts like like the the snippet that they filmed way more than made it into the movie is given this weird amount of weight like do they do they realize how much is filmed for a movie yeah like i doubt anything was cut for ratings i think they probably just like spent a day shooting this scene and then cut together the best stuff what was needed for the movie right Here's another one. Extended Bellatrix slash Hermione torture scene. Does anyone know where I can find the uncut <laughs> Bellatrix slash Hermione torture scene? Thanks. All right. Here's another one. Uh, Bellatrix and Hermione having a moment and it is a Tumblr gif of them uh, holding each other in uh, what I assume is like a post filming situation. I actually don't know where the hell this comes from. <laughs> Uh, this moment shows me just how good an actress Helena Bonham Carter is. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, when she's on, her Bellatrix face is so frightening, insane, and evil, but here she just looks like a nice lady. This stuff is so funny. Like, this is maybe my favorite just, like, weird, uh, 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 subreddit lore thing, because apart from one post, which I will, I will find um uh and and uh, bring up here uh there is a real innocence to this that i find very charming is this i can <laughs> i i can never tell is this people who know what it is that they like about this scene and are sheepish about admitting it <laughs> or is this people who don't know and are on like the verge of some sort of epiphany. Maybe, maybe on the verge of some sort of <laughs> sort of awakening of uh-huh. some kind. Yeah, this is maybe my favorite one of these. Hi, I am currently rereading Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows for the first time since it has come out. I've seen the movie a few times. And I just wanted to share my opinions on Hermione's torture scene. Oh, good. 
In the movie, I was horrified. Emma and Helena both did amazing <laughs> in that scene. The acting of both these actresses showed in that scene is truly commendable. When I was reading the book, I was surprised at the little differences. A few examples. Ron is thrashing about screaming. Picturing Ron screaming that way for Hermione made me super emotional. It's abundantly clear that Ron loves Hermione, and the thought of her hurt is killing him. In the movie, he's relatively calm, which I don't think is true. Uh, he's just far away in the movie. <laughs> Another example is the chandelier in the book. Bellatrix just drops Hermione to the ground, causing the chandelier to fall over her. While I picture, when I picture this, I picture a super bloody scene because Draco screamed and covers his face to shield it from all the broken glass. Picturing hmm. what I imagine to be a giant chandelier falling on Hermione is once again horrifying. She would have been covered in glass. She would have been killed. Oh, she'd be fucking dead. <laughs> the scene in the movie was fantastic, don't get me wrong, but reading that scene again for the first time in years made me contemplate how that scene could have been much scarier. I am assuming they had to tone it down in order to avoid an R rating, seeing how most <laughs> of the fans are teenagers and children, but I do wish the already intense scene could have been as intense as it was in the book. Beautiful. Uh, the scene in the movie, it's comments here, the scene in the movie was longer than the first cut, but they had to tone oh it down God. or the movie would have been rated R. Uh, the torture scene in the film is probably my favorite edition, not directly from the books. Uh, uh, there's so many good fucking comments here. I think I read somewhere that the scene with Bella and Hermione was a lot longer, that Emma's screams are even worse, but they didn't want to scare the audience with too much of it. <laughs> Everyone... Look, everyone, please, more than ever, I'm begging people to read another book. There's, if you want this, it's out there. You can find it. It's, it's all over the place. You can, you can. It's the scene. I'm trying to remember it because it made almost no impact on me. Cause I, I'm apparently not such a patron of the arts as all of these, you're not, you're, all yeah, of these you don't posters. appreciate the theater as much as, as these people do. The thing about Helena Bonham Carter is she plays the same character in every single movie. So I'm just like, Oh, it's, it's the, it's the, it's Sweeney Todd again. <laughs> Sweeney Todd's wife again. She's yeah, torturing I, Hermione. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the thing is in the movie is that you really don't see anything. And I think that might be what all these people are getting at, uh, is they they like they would like to see some more of that great acting. Right, um, of, yeah. Of Bellatrix straddling Hermione. Uh, uh, but um, it, the main thing I always think whenever I like, like catch up on this, like here, I'm just going to find the post again that has the link to the YouTube uh, version because there are also some excellent comments on those. The thing that always strikes me is that it's barely in the movie. You see, you see her approach Hermione. Mm -hmm. Then we cut to like Ron and Harry in like a completely (laughs) different part of the mansion. Mm -hmm. And he can like faintly hear Hermione screaming. And then we just cut back to the aftermath with uh, with Bellatrix like sitting on her, and that's it. It's very short. It is like forty seconds. Like, uh, it's, well, it- you see, they filmed more than that, uh, but it got cut because if they had left it in, it would have been rated R. <laughs> it would have been rated R. I feel like uh, I heard that somewhere. Well, so here is a quote on the YouTube channel, which I I, I, I do not think it, I do not know if this is true. I guess after um, uh, 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 we found out that the uh, uh, Fifty Shades joke from from JK was real, anything's possible. Uh, David Yates, the first time we did it, I did yell cut. Emma said you cut too early. She was getting to this intense point. And I said, well, it was getting scary. (laughs) And she said, no, 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 no. Let me try it. Let me try it. There were one or two moments that were really powerful where Emma was just able to let go a little bit and forget for a moment that she was acting. And the screams were quite horrible to listen to. It was a very odd energy in the room. She was kind of exploring and exercising demons and serving the scene doing that. I felt in that moment and in that day in that room, she sort of crossed the line as an actress. She discovered something within herself that will make her a great actor. David! I'm, David I'm, is horny? I'm, I'm hiding under my desk. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. David is horny too. This <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Yates. Settle down, sir. Oh, no. Uh, It does have an odd energy. There's an odd energy in this room. Ooh, I wonder. It's so good. All the comments uh, on this YouTube. Oh, man, I wish they showed the full scene like an extended director's cut or something, because it's extremely vivid (laughs) and horrifying. 
Emma's acting Horrifying. is amazing. This mm. is my favorite scene out of the whole series. Huh. Maybe, maybe explore that a little bit. <sighs> Let's theorize. What 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 happened in Hermione's Hermione's childhood that made her 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 think of an otter in her uh her happiest moments? Her parents took her to the zoo and she really liked the otters there. <laughs> she fell she fell into the into the otter enclosure. Mm-hmm. uh she oh or or she um oh i know what it was uh she found out the otters are really smart animals because like when you give them like a puzzle they can they can put the puzzle together sure yeah and she's like that's me i'm not like those other animals who are stupid right right or maybe she like learned about how they carry a rock around to like smash like clams and stuff open on their on their bellies and she's like you know i could smash rita skeeter with a rock God. I think I've got it. I think I think that's probably you got it. it. You've you've cracked the code. Mm-hmm. We get one scene with voiceover in this movie where Harry writes a letter to Sirius that sounds like one of those like uh, Civil War documentaries where it's like, "Dearest Agatha, my heart yearns <laughs> for you on on the battlefield," and then wanders while the voiceover is happening wanders up the hill next to the haggard's hut into skyrim uh-huh. apparently yep. like just just looks out over the hill over the woods uh and there's a mountain <laughs> there's a festral flying in the distance just mm. really looks like a hud is about to appear and and the game is about to begin then he walks into the woods to see the festrals Luna is there. We get a uncomfortably long close up of her feet as she it's a as full, he walks like pan, like pan from the bare feet up to her face. Yeah, David. Yeah, and then hello. And then as he the first thing <laughs> he says when he walks up to her, she says hello, Harry Potter, and he says your feet. <laughs> like what the fuck is going on in this movie? Ah. I thought the Dementors guarded the prison in Azkaban, he said cautiously. They did, said Fudge wearily, but not anymore. They've deserted the prison and joined he who must not be named. I won't pretend that wasn't a blow. But, said the Prime Minister with a sense of dawning horror, didn't you tell me that they're creatures that drain hope and happiness out of people? That's right, and they're breeding. That's what's causing all this mist. Sometimes when you're writing a story for children, you create a monster that is a metaphor for depression. And that can come up in any like that's that is that's good for a reading group, you know, like, you know, maybe you have a Wizarding World book club and that's just one of your themes that you can talk about. And and you can be like, oh, yeah, anyone anyone notice that the Dementors are they that's kind of like depression. And then it's like by the time you're writing the sixth book in the series, you're like depression's out there and it's it's fucking it's fucking all over the place. (laughs) Depression is fucking and fog is Dementor come. Wow. <laughs> what is what is wrong with JK Rowling? The Dementors are fucking. <laughs> How does that work? You can't you cannot just drop that. The, so the, is the, are they like fish? Are they like spawning? Is the mist like like they're they're come like finding the eggs like, like what's a, yeah, go, what's pool. going on are they or are I mean like cuz they're like humanoid maybe they're just going at it maybe you know <laughs> You're just maybe there's a muggle somewhere that needs to be obliviated because they're like, yeah, I was I was walking back from the grocery store and then I saw two hooded figures and one was just railing the other one from the back. But they were right. so scary looking. I felt so sad watching them, but they I were so going sad. at it. There was mist everywhere. Um, but it, it was, was just I'd be, so struck by some just melancholy watching them, <laughs> watching watch, them fucking watch these two skeletons. <laughs> smack their hips together (laughs) and i just felt so i felt like i would never be happy again and then and then they just kept on kept on fucking huh you know like are they people right like like what are this is a weird okay i have always maintained that the less you know about a monster in a story the scarier they are and in a way (laughs) maybe this is meant to to just raise questions and make them more mysterious however (laughs) 
I th- I think that this is maybe the wrong kind of mystery to to have around your around your scary monster is how or like you can't just have a character just say like oh yeah they're fucking and that's why You're all right. the mist it is do- here it does it it refocuses the mystery onto something distinctly <laughs> less scary <laughs> right like okay if 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 he had just said like like there like 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 you know we're in we're in an alternate universe right where i the universe where i didn't get hit by a car this morning and everything's normal uh is um we read this book and jk rowling just wrote fudge to say yes they they've escaped azkaban and they're multiplying and that's the line and like we we you know being being the intrepid podcasters that we are we maybe share a laugh and we're like oh maybe they're fucking huh ha ha and then we move on to the next section of the podcast. But no, we live in the universe where not only did Fudge say they're breeding, he said, that's why all this mist is everywhere. <laughs> just just <laughs> dropping way too many details about this. It's vivid. <laughs> it's, like the it's breeding line would be bad enough if he had just said, oh yeah, they're breeding and then continued. That would have been bad. But why the detail about the mist? Joe! What does that <laughs> I, mean? I feel like I feel like this is such a sleeper because everyone likes to talk about how it's like, oh, she finished writing these brilliant, perfect books. She bookended the series that is, you know, flawless. It's a it's a classic. It's going to be read for the next million years. And then afterwards, she just kept dropping these details on Pottermore. We hate that shit. They're in there. They're They're fucking in there. (laughs) They're in the damn book. Absolutely. The. I am never rereading this has ruined. We we live in the Pacific Northwest. It, we are we are in winter. There's going to be fog everywhere for the next like three months. <laughs> I am not going to be able to like go outside without thinking. Ah, the Dementors are breeding, and that's why there's all this mist. That's why there's all this cum everywhere. There's we're I'm 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 knee deep in Dementor fuck fog. <laughs> why (laughs) the day after this rather gloomy birthday tea their letters and book lists arrived from hogwarts harry's included a surprise he had been made quidditch captain that gives you equal status with prefects cried hermione happily you can now use our special bathroom and everything excuse me so that so so already you you probably had the same experience reading this that I did. That was like the that was like the left hook. Like oof, I'm already being hit in the face by this. <laughs> but it but it does not relent. Wow, I remember when Charlie wore one of those. Said Ron, examining the badge with glee. Harry, this is so cool. You're my captain. <laughs> if you let me back on the team, I suppose. Ha ha. Ha ha is it written in there. If you let me back on the team, haha, you're my captain, haha. What? Haha, Harry, you're my captain now. What if we put our brooms next to each other <laughs> and kissed on the field? Just kidding, haha. Unless <laughs> you're my captain now. What the fuck is this? One, like I was already reeling from Hermione being like, oh, Harry, you get to shit where we get where we get to. And then Ron being like, wow, you're my captain. What the fuck is happening here? There is no part where someone's like, wow, congratulations. This has been really good for the team. Oh, that's so cool. Did you want to be captain? It's literally just like, oh, you get to use the big bathroom and like, oh, cool. You're in charge of me now. <laughs> you're my boss now. Wow, cool. What is going on in this book? I I feel like the prefix bathroom thing is one of those things that in you shouldn't think about too much because it's like the only reason it's in there is because Harry needs somewhere that he can put an egg underwater and listen, right? Like I don't, I don't like I don't I don't the idea that the prefix have like this special big bathroom with a a pool-sized bathtub like i don't want it to ever get brought up again because it doesn't matter we just needed to hear the egg underwater 
And so to have this moment where it's like, oh, you're the football captain, so you get to use the big the big bathroom where all the all the all the kids in charge get to go. Also, this is very minor compared to just the general like craziness of, of this revelation, but is is the is the prefect slash captain bathroom co-ed? Because she says you can use our special bathroom. Like she's saying it like, wow, Harry, you get to use the same bathroom I use. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> what is the, why is that on her mind? Is she like, oh, I can't wait to run into my best friend Harry on the shitter. Like, what is she talking about? <laughs> why is that is, her first is reaction? This the big perk of being a prefect and the captain is this the coveted like oh yeah i really want to be a prefect they have a huge bathroom they have a huge bathroom there's a there's a big old bath there's like a hot tub basically do the prefects like go and hang out in the bath the bathroom like is that is that part of it is it like the social club is it like when you get like reddit gold and you get to go to the special reddit like reddit gold (laughs) forum and it's like we're all gonna hang out in the bathroom are they all are all the okay this is also, like, like this is just taking purely from the movie slash video game design. Remember, we did find the bathroom in the video game last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The design of it seems to be that there is like uh, bathroom stalls and then just a huge hot tub. So, are like our prefects like chilling in that hot tub, enjoying the sexy mermaid uh, uh, stained glass window uh, or painting or whatever? And they're like chilling in there. It's like, oh, I'm, it's so good to be a prefect in our fancy bathroom with the golden taps and stuff. And then like another prefect comes in. It's like, oh, man, I got to use the bathroom real bad. And they just like <laughs> they're, just, they're just like in the stall, like doing their business while everyone else is chilling in the hot. T- like what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really glad um, that we have this setting for our CW show because everyone, you know, the CW students can all go and hang out in the hot tub oh. in like their their bathing suits and stuff. Yeah, it's like the bar. It's like you know, in in every CW or like even on Buffy, where there's like a cool bar where all the teens go to like hang out and like drink coffee or underway underage drink or whatever. For our CW show, they're all going to go and get in the hot tub or use the toilet. Right. While they're talking to people. Right. And I, I think it, that'll uh, be a great setting for like the the like hall monitors got gone mad with power like subplot. Oh my god. Oh, fuck. Okay. Can you imagine okay, picture this. It's it's you know beautifully expensively shot CW like Riverdale Riverdale style camera work. We're in the bathroom and it's like it's like a moon beautiful moonlit night. The light is pouring through the window stained glass window of the mermaid uh-huh. onto onto our hot cast of, of, of co-ed prefects and they're all sitting in this hot tub wearing their bathing suits and they're talking about like I can't believe what James Potter did yesterday. <laughs> Someone else comes in and they're like undoing their belt and they're like running for the bathroom <laughs> stall that's like in full view of the hot tub and they get in there and they join in the conversation and they're like, yeah, I can't believe, I can't believe what, what James Potter did. We're going to have to teach that, that guy a lesson. It's, it's really, what an amazing uh, gift. I think that this book has given us. I can't, I can't believe that that's, this is what this book is about. Like we have gotten um dementors mating and that was like the tip of the iceberg yeah why is this book so shit obsessed that's what i want to know well like we'll get to another example of it later in this chapter but like before this we had (laughs) slughorn asking dumbledore if he was shitting out his doo-doo ass in the bathroom and now we have hermione going like oh harry you get to use the same bathroom what is going on is this like is this how (laughs) wizard culture is this like how the class divide is defined? I'm very disturbed at this emerging pattern of of bathroom based lore in this universe. The, the room of requirement was was hinted at because Dumbledore needed to pee real bad. I mean, he needed a- she couldn't even like keep all like there's so much bathroom lore in the books, but she had to add to them in the extended universe. Like this is officially <laughs> a thing. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not even touching on like you know. The classic thing that became a, a, a joke earlier this year of, of of wizards crapping themselves and vanishing the evidence being canon and real. I did not remember, of all the things that I remember that like lingered in my brain about Harry Potter for all these years, the poo-poo pee-pee fascination really did not 
stick with me. <laughs> and it's really wild to read and revisit. It's so weird. I mean, I know that we like to joke a lot about ring theory. Uh, oh. And I feel like, and I feel like we kind of play a little coy with it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I have to say, when we read about ring theory and and its its proponents, the thing I don't notice people bringing up is like books two and six, you know, two Chamber of Secrets in the bathroom, book six, <laughs> Harry gets bathroom privileges. <laughs> They have to sneak into the bathroom in book two, but in book book six, Harry Harry is like he is in control of the bathroom. Right. Um, this is a complex story. <laughs> it is complex. I just can't believe any of this stuff. It is it's 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 beautiful. I'm like, we are we are only like three pages into this chapter. We have to keep moving. But it is it, like like that stopped me and like you, like you say, just like dead in my tracks. Harry, like, this just, is so cool. You're my captain. Uh, now let Harry, my brother tell you about the the anal probing they're doing at the ministry. Fuck! That is the <laughs> next page. That is the next page. Bill comes back from the bank and is like, hey, Harry, I got your money out for you. You don't want to go to the bank because they're putting probes up people's asses there. What the fuck is going on? These are so boring. Why? I, you know, I knew that they were not like canon songs. I knew that they weren't going to be about hippogriffs or whatever. But I thought that there would be something Harry Potter about them and I guess I only thought that because it has Hogwarts on the cover <laughs> foolish of me foolish of you to assume maybe we can bang out this whole thing I like I, I think I'm calling a ringer on the Christmas song this is us opening the advent calendar all in one day yeah I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry to Chris Jarman. No disrespect to, to, to Mr. Jarman, but I think I do not need to hear the other half of the Christmas song. Okay, let's move on to Hanukkah Oh Hanukkah by Dan Fogler. Hanukkah Oh Hanukkah by Dan Fogler. He needs no introduction. He's the one character we like from Fantastic Beasts. And it's really just because of the actor. Yeah, Dan Fogler. I mean, he's best playing himself, right? Like, he's... Yeah. He's just, G- he's give me a countdown. Thing. Take me out of this horrible. Yeah, we're going in three, two, and one. Ooh. This is a song about two warring tribes. Oh, hell oh. yeah. Here we go. Here we fucking go. Finally. <laughs> this is dedicated to the Goldstein sisters. Oh, definitely. They're the greatest. Wherever they may be, hit it. Oh my god. Dan Fogler. Wonderful. Oh, I'm waiting for the drop. Oh, here it comes. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dan Fogler. This fucking slams. It was all worth it. Like, he went for, how can anyone else here Look at what they turned in for this and feel good about it. Listen to this. This is incredible. Oh my god. I've changed my entire narrative of how this, this album came about, and the only thing I'm thinking is like, Dan Fogler happened to be around some executives and was just like, hey, check this out. <laughs> and it's like, they have to make an album. And everyone else sucked. Holy shit. Listen to that. I hope that's him. I mean, it's probably not, right? But, like, I hope that's him rocking out there. I'm rocking out. I'm rocking out. (laughs) This is 
so good. <laughs> I can't believe this. Oh, this is all worth it. <laughs> Why is he doing it as like a tenacious thing? <laughs> Oh, this is the only song you did on this album, too. Yeah. Why did he do the whole thing? Because he brought the heat. He didn't, this is it. 